Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Good on FM Los 102.3 FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. And we'd like to uh, welcome to the show Tim Swartz, and uh, thank you for joining us. Why, thank you very much. I'm uh, really happy to be with you here today. Well, let's see. Where do we start today? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, you know, let's let's start with uh, first of all. Uh, let's tell the audience who you are and kind of what uh, you get up to like what do, what do you do oh goodness gracious that's a, <laughs> that, that there's a there's a loaded question a loaded there question. yeah yeah well um let's see uh, uh as you as you said in your introduction i'm tim swartz i'm a uh a, a, a Fordian writer uh, investigator i've uh, uh looked into everything from UFOs to monsters, ghost reports, conspiracies, uh, what have you. Um, you know, an earlier incarnation, I, I, I spent over 20 years in uh, television as a, a producer, and videographer, and journalist, and you know, got to uh, you know, had had some really unique opportunities to travel all over the world, not necessarily you know to, you know, researching. UFOs and, and ghosts and things like that, but I always took the opportunity when I uh, went to different places to try to connect, um, you know, with 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 people who were involved in that kind of uh, uh, nefarious activities, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, but then, um, you know, as as time went by and and I got older and uh, the the television. Business, you know, it, it became a little bit more more difficult on on my my frail body, 
and I decided to concentrate more into the uh, my writing and, and research. You know, when I was when I was in college, I actually helped support myself by writing articles for, say, like UFO magazines that were really popular at the time. Uh, you know, uh, UFO sightings, uh, Sagas, UFO report, uh, magazines like that that uh, actually paid money for mm-hmm. articles. Which I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's it, it, it's hard to find a magazine that will will pay, and it's hard to find a magazine anyway that uh, deals with this kind of stuff. I mean, I think Forty and Times, maybe Fate magazine, and that's just about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, um, it, it 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 was a good it was a good way to make a few bucks, uh, even though I had to do it all on the you know like an electric typewriter. Oh, Oh well, yeah. Well, see, and that's that's you know when I got uh, uh, more involved in in my television career, th- my writing along the uh, uh, the Fordian uh, uh, stuff just kind of went to the wayside. But then, then somebody invented the word processor. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful thing, you know. <laughs> and then incorporated them into uh, into computers, and that's what got me started all over again. Was you know now I had the ability to actually uh, write again and then quickly uh, uh, make repairs and corrections, which there were there were just oh so many. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to get the white out, you know. (laughs) Modern science. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a beautiful thing, and uh, um, so I mean that that really that that started a new resurgence. Um, in in my writings, I mean, I had continued, you know, investigating and, and researching uh, all of these uh, these subjects. But as for you know, writing for magazines or, or books or anything like that, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, what what was your interest? Like, how did you get interested in in that? Or like, do you believe in UFOs? Did you have an experience? Well. <sighs> How I got into it was, uh, you know, you ask a lot of people who are into this field, and they say, "Oh, well, you know, right from right from the very beginning, I was interested in this stuff." And that wasn't the case with me. I mean, with me, it was somewhere along the lines. Uh, I can't remember exactly the grade. It was in elementary school, and I mean, I was I was like your typical kid. I mean, you know, I, I was born and raised in Indiana, so I was interested in like race cars, or, you know, the Indianapolis Five Hundred and stuff like that. And uh, uh, one day in school, we used to get a thing called uh, uh, the Weekly Reader. It was put out by Scholastic Books. And it was like a, uh, uh, a conglomerate of, like, say, the uh, 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 news stories of, uh, of that week. And our teacher always assigned to us, you know, a particular story uh, from, from that week's uh, Weekly Reader. And then we had to you know, write a report on it and then, uh, uh, and then give an oral report in front of the class. Well, one day... I got a story about UFO sightings that were going on uh, in the country at that time. And uh, I had no idea what UFOs were and didn't really care. So, I mean, I did, you know, I wrote my uh, my little uh, essay and then, you know, presented it in front of the class. And uh, I thought that was it. Well, it wasn't. That I became known then as the flying saucer kid, you know, or the flying saucer guy, you know. I mean, every oh, you believe in Martians, you know, oh, you know, make fun of me and stuff like that. And it's just like I have, you know, no interest in this. But 
as time went by, and, and you know, you know how kids are. I mean, they never uh, let you forget this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Ten grades later, people are you know were still calling me this kind of stuff. But the funny thing about it is, is that uh, a lot of people, you know, they'd make fun of you to your face when everybody else was around. But then later, when they're you know when, when we we're by ourselves, they'd come up to me and say, you know, I mean, I don't believe in this kind of stuff, but I yeah. saw. Or my family saw, and then they would tell me these, you know, like they saw a UFO or there, there was a ghost in their house, what have you. And that's what really got me interested in this stuff, um, was the fact that, and, and it continues to this day, that people will come to me, they have no interest in publicity, you know, they don't want anybody else to know what has happened to them but they want a sympathetic ear. They want to tell somebody what has happened to them, somebody that is not going to make fun of them, you know, isn't going to laugh, and, and will at, at least confirm that they're not crazy, that what they've experienced other people have as well. And that's, to me, that is the most interesting part of all of this is the fact that you have so many of these people. I would say that practically everybody at one time or another has had some kind of unusual experience. Most most people will not want to talk about it. And uh, you know, very few will ever try to seek any kind of publicity and and are afraid to admit that they've had such an experience because well, I mean as we well know, if you go and tell anybody, you know, friends, family especially, most of the time you're going to be hit with ridicule. You know, people are going to laugh at you. You know, you go to, uh, anytime you go to a family gatherings, Thanksgiving, you know, they're like, oh, you'll tell everybody about the, uh, you know, the flying saucer that you saw. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it just never ends. So most people just keep this stuff to themselves or they ignore what happened to them. It, it, most people have no framework to place an unusual experience, you know, into their daily lives. You know, most people have no idea about flying saucers or ghosts or, you know, uh, Bigfoot or whatever, with the exception of maybe what they've seen on television. And when they have an unusual experience, it's just, uh, they just, they, they don't know how to categorize it. In their in their mind, so they forget about it, or they try to explain it off. You know, oh, you know, I didn't see, you know, Great Grandma Smith standing at the end of my bed that night. You know, it, uh, I, I must have been dreaming or, or something along those lines. And uh, so, uh, the the fact that they run into somebody, say like myself who you know who who actively researches and investigates these kind you know these kinds of things and they can come to me and tell me knowing that I'm not going to say yeah you're nuts get out of here you know and and that's it you know they they can tell somebody and then they can go about their life and not worry about it not not think that you know maybe that you know something has you know gone loose in their cerebellum somewhere and you know they're they're slowly going nuts they can go on with their lives and know that 
they're not that unusual, that other people have had similar experiences and, and you know, uh, just uh, 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 be happy. <laughs> Do you think that's a form of denial then? Like, you know, when you... Uh when a person's uh, having experience, or they they they, you know, saw a ghost, or do you think they're just really staying in denial? Then that that they that's why they don't want to admit it, or is it just that they're totally scared of being laughed at? Oh, you know, I think I think it's a little bit of both. You know, they're in they're in denial, and you know, and they don't want to be laughed at. And and when I say that they're in denial, it's I I think it's like I said before. I think a large part of it is is that they have no way to pigeonhole their experience you know i mean uh, the way our brains work you know, i mean you know this everyone knows this is that you know we we have compartments basically in our brains that you know that that we put our daily experiences into driving to work uh, almost got uh, uh, hit when somebody ran a red light okay yeah that goes in that compartment there uh, at work, boss yelled at me. You know that that goes in that compartment there. Driving to work, UFO came down and showed a, you know a, a beam of light on the hood of my car and burnt little holes into it. Where are you going to put that? Yeah. There's no place for mo- you know for for most people, you know to to put that. And so then it's just it's it's just kind of like left loose, you know, just flapping around into your brain, and that's scary. That's really, really scary. You have no prior. Most people have no prior experience to uh, to categorize something like that, and so you either ignore it, go into denial. Oh, it didn't happen. It was a helicopter, or you know, or an airplane, or or, or something like that. You know, or you can obsess over it and uh, and and drive yourself slowly crazy. Or you can try to find maybe find somebody who can that you know you can uh, confide into and hope that they won't think that you know you have a screw loose someplace. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, you know, I have a few loose. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it still so negative to talk about experiences? Like, it seems to be more acceptable now. Like, I mean, this is a lot of with TV and uh, with ghosts, you know, ghost hunters and and adventures and all those shows and everything's kind of been a little bit more mainstream and all the vampire shows. and um, But with UFOs, it's still sort of like what I'm getting at, I guess, is that um, you could tell someone you heard voices or saw a ghost or do something and it's not quite, it's more mainstream now. It's more acceptable. There's people running around. There, there's mediums. There's shows. It seems to be more mainstream. But UFOs, people are still. You say, "Oh, I think I saw a flying saucer or something," or they were, you know, um, taken and probed, and uh, and then people kind of go, "Hmm, that person's a loon." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh uh, yes. Like, why is that one still lagging behind and and still kind of getting a negative toward it? Um, do you think it's what do you think? Just not it hasn't been proven. There's still not not enough TV shows on it, or, or what is it? Um. Well, with um, with the UFO phenomena, especially, there has been, I think, a concerted effort um, to induce the ridicule factor almost right from the very beginning. 
and this has come about from uh, the, the the military and the uh, the uh, intelligence uh, agencies. Uh, very early on, uh, you know, I mean, UFOs have been seen since there have been people walking on the earth. I mean, you know, our, our, our ancient ancestors saw strange things in the sky, but there was a a, a, a huge uptick of UFO sightings. Uh, especially starting around June and July of 1947. And at first, the United States government and military, I mean, they they were extremely worried because, well, first of all, they were afraid that possibly the Soviet Union had uh, had a technology that um, uh, that, that we didn't have and were... Uh, using this technology to demonstrate their superiority by infiltrating our airspace, uh, they were also worried, if it wasn't the Soviet Union, that possibly these uh, the UFOs could be, say, like uh, um, Nazi aircraft, that there were still Nazi enclaves somewhere, say, in South America. And, uh, you know, I mean, this was shortly after the end of uh, World War II, and, I mean, there were still... Uh, Nazis running around all over the place, and, and, and you know the, the United States military was really afraid that they had uh, some kind of technology that we didn't have, and they were you know demonstrating that they were still around. And the idea that um, that UFOs could be extraterrestrial didn't come about until a little later, until like the very early 1950s. And with all of this, it had been decided that people who reported seeing these things, that first of all, there wasn't going to be really any acknowledgement uh, by the military uh, or the government. And second of all, the they decided that rather than saying, yeah, you know, we're looking into this, that they were going to use, especially the media, to start um, the uh, the laughter factor, as I call it. You know, that, uh, uh, you know, only uh, hayseeds, farmers, the uneducated, uh, uh, drunks, people like that are seeing the flying saucers. And that, uh, uh, you know, this is something that we need to make fun of to laugh about uh, because this could be something really serious. We don't know what it is. We know that there's something going on, that there's something flying around in our skies and we can't control it. So rather than admitting that and scaring the hell out of everybody, instead we're going to make fun of the people who see these things and diffuse the situation till we get a better grasp of what's going on. And that was such a successful campaign that it remains today not so much as um, as a dedicated program, see, uh, you know, being continued to be uh, to be put out by, say, you know, like the intelligence service or the military. Uh, it's 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 just become ingrained. Um, that now uh, it's 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 just almost uh, a natural response, you know. Hey, I saw a flying saucer. <laughs> yeah, right. You're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll give I'll give you a good example. 
any time that there is, say, like a UFO flap, which a UFO flap is a, a, a bunch of sightings in one general area, uh, especially television, any television coverage of that is usually accompanied now by X-Files music. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sick of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And... Uh, 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 a, a reporter will it, it it's almost a a situation where they'll they'll do say like you know part of the story will be serious and then they'll end uh by making a joke uh about the situation and if you think about it you know i mean that's uh, uh it's it's really an odd response because if you saw it, if eyewitnesses saw, say, like uh, a, a Russian bomber uh, flying over their community, you know, you wouldn't make fun of that. You'd be scared to death, you know, and everybody would be, you know, <laughs> would, would be running around, uh, you know, saying, why isn't our military doing something about it? But, you know, you have uh, an unidentified uh, aircraft being seen, and uh, – it's just it's become a natural response to make fun of it. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a beautiful example. Out um, it was in, uh, in in Colorado, and I can't remember the city. It may have been um, Colorado Springs, uh, but don't quote me on that. And this happened maybe about ten years ago. There was um, a bunch of daylight sightings of a cigar-shaped silver UFO over the city. Uh, people got pictures. Uh, people got videos of it. I mean, this thing was big, and it was hanging low over the city, and nobody knew what it was. Well, one news report that I happened to see that very day, the reporter went out and instead of talking to, say, like the police or adults or anybody like that about what they saw, this reporter interviewed children <laughs> about about what they saw. And, you know, now later, later on that day it was discovered that this was a, uh, uh, it was a man-made, uh, uh, like a, a blimp. It was an advertising blimp that this uh, man had invented. And it was remote controlled, and he was hoping to develop it to, you know, almost like a drone, where you know it would uh, like maybe you know drag a banner behind it or something like that. And he had lost control of it, and it it, it had floated away. And it was a it was a good sized thing. It was maybe about twenty feet long. It was big, but the initial response from this reporter was to ask children. Yeah, about it. Oh, let's do this cutesy story. You know, people saw this UFO, and we'll just talk to the children. You know, it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, and and so that's uh, that's that's what we're still still having to deal with today when it comes uh, when, when it comes to UFOs. Now, it, it, like you pointed out earlier, um, I think that uh, uh, we're at a great time when it comes to uh, a paranormal and unusual phenomena due to the fact of these uh, these television shows uh, uh, that are being produced. Now, you know, face it, a lot of these shows um, aren't that well done, poorly, they're poorly researched and, 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 you know, badly developed, 
but at least they're getting that out there for people, you know, to see and to consider that, you know, that there is, you know, a possibility that that this kind of stuff uh, is, is real, you know, and uh, I think ultimately that is going to benefit more than than hinder. You know, because I mean, the the poorly produced shows. I mean, they you know they're always going to be there, and they'll fall to the wayside to the ones that uh, that that really do do their work and 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 present this material in in an accurate way. Yeah, just unfortunately, they usually don't get the the spotlight. It's usually the uh, badly done ones that get the spotlight. Oh sure, well sensationalism always sells. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, don't never underestimate exploitation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and being able to you know garner ratings or things like that. And you know, you have to remember that these shows are made to sell commercials. Right. You know, that's why they're out there. But I think the underlying meme um, is is being um, is being developed to the point. Where where uh, most people now are getting the idea that uh, you know that that there's a good possibility that that this stuff that this stuff could be real, or at least needs to be properly uh, researched and investigated. With the UFOs, do you, th- do you think people are also scared maybe that we're not at the top of the food chain? Do you think that sort of um, shakes people a little bit on the foundation? Um, I think it does some people. I think uh, uh, probably more the older generation uh, may feel that way because, you know, you look at um, uh, 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 kids now or, you know, young adults or that sort of thing. I mean, they have grown up with um, cartoons and television shows and and just all kinds of uh, mass and popular media that has uh, introduced them to the idea that uh, that there is uh, extraterrestrial life uh gosh i mean you know look at any any cartoon uh that that's out there now i mean there's just all kinds of uh, ones that deal with uh, uh, people from other planets or creatures from other planets, you know, or or or, or, or what have you, and uh, you know, I I think that uh, with with most of the the younger generation, if uh, if the president went on television today and said, yes, you know, I mean, uh, uh, UFOs are real, they are extraterrestrial spacecraft, and that we are being visited. Uh, by people from other planets, I think most of the kids would be like, "Well, I thought we already knew that." You know, I mean, they—they, they, I think they would be surprised that this was big news. Uh, while the older generations, and uh, and I think uh, uh, some people who are extremely uh, religious uh, uh, may not take it as as well, uh, because there there are a lot of there are a lot of people who. Uh, who believe that you know we are at the top of the food chain, not only on this planet but throughout the entire universe, uh, that uh, that we were put here on Earth uh, by God, and that's it. You know, the rest of the universe is empty because we are the the chosen species, so to speak. And if if it comes out that uh, you know we are just one planet out of billions with intelligent life on them, 
that would be that would be difficult for a lot of uh, people to handle. And, and you know, I, and I say you know uh, some religious types, but uh, there's also uh, I think there is also a lot of scientists who would have um, a lot of trouble accepting that uh, because of their their teachings. Uh, uh, the way that they that they were brought up and the way that they were taught, um, I think that the idea that uh, uh, that there are uh, extraterrestrial life that there is extraterrestrial life would be very difficult for for them to to handle. Um, but then, but but then again, you know, there are a lot of scientists also who are very willing to uh, to accept this reality and. Um, but they're they're loath to admit it um, to their to their colleagues and peers, you know, because face it, I mean that that would be that would be the death sentence for their career. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I personally, I mean, I know a number of um, physicists and, and uh, scientists and of you know of of all kinds of uh, all different calibers or uh, disciplines that are very interested in the subject of UFOs. Uh, and but you know they they would never come forward and say write a paper on it or 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 talk about it to uh, you know their their fellow scientists be you know it's it's the the ridicule factor is just too great and a lot of them um, would risk uh, 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 never finding work again. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody has to be guarded. A little bit. Uh, you oh, can ruin oh, your reputation, yeah. right? I mean, it's uh, and and religion. Now, it hasn't really jumped on the UFO bandwagon. Like I know, um, being in the business, um, it sure jumped on the um, paranormal ghosts and stuff. There's a lot of uh, Christian and and religious people that are are now on board with uh, spirits and after death and and ghosts and stuff and they've turned it to where it works mm-hmm. uh it's something that hasn't really happened with ufos because that's I, I i guess they can't make it work right mm, well you know there there have been um uh, 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 some proclamations coming from say like the catholic church um uh, you know especially individual uh bishops who have who have said that you know as far as they're concerned the church has no problem uh, with the reality of, uh, of extraterrestrial beings and uh, you know I mean they they're able to cite uh, different passages from the Bible that seem to show that uh, that God created uh, uh, intelligent life on other planets throughout the universe. Um, I think, though, that uh, some of the more uh, fundamentalist church churches uh, would have more difficulty with this, and and you know, and, and probably um, you know those of the Islamic faith would, uh, uh, especially some of the more you know e- e- extreme lines of uh, of Islam, would have a lot of problem uh, accepting that, though. Uh, Ironically, I mean, they they have no problem in believing in, say, like the jinn, yeah. uh, you know, uh, which you know the jinn have been uh, have been brought up uh, a number of times as uh, uh, possibly 
uh, the cause of the UFO phenomena that uh, you know we're not dealing with uh, at, at least you know some cases of uh, UFO and uh, the 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 creatures that are seen associated with UFO phenomena that instead we're dealing with uh, say like the the jinn or other paranormal uh, uh, types of, uh, uh, of of entities. Uh, they, I think that uh, a lot of them would have uh, uh, would have no difficulty at all of accepting the fact that the jinn was uh, responsible for the UFO phenomena. Then they would uh, that there could be uh, intelligent uh, physical life on other planets. And you know, it's uh, I, and I think a lot of the uh, you know Christian fundamentalists it would be the same way. You know, I mean, there's there's a whole uh, like sidearm. Of, uh, of UFO research that deals with the idea that the UFO phenomena is actually of satanic origin, you know that it's 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 uh, the devil and demons in in disguise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, flying you know flying around trying to you know steal your soul, uh, in believe you know uh, by making you believe that uh, that they're extraterrestrials. Yeah, <laughs> well, of course that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well, you know you uh, you would be surprised of oh. uh, 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 the 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 people who believe that. I mean, uh, myself and Timothy Green Beckley, we we wrote a book called uh, um, uh, yes, uh, uh, and, and the, the title always uh, slips me uh, uh, here. It's uh, um, um, <laughs> all I can think of is the devil rides a flying saucer, but that's 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 not it. <laughs> but it's 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 almost it's it's almost as good as that. I'll I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. But I mean it uh, it it there's all kinds of really interesting uh, uh, reports out there of people who have had uh, UFO experiences that you know aren't all you know lovey dovey space brothers you know uh, coming down here with uh, spiritual messages you know ready to save us uh, from from ourselves and and, and and things like that and and of course you know Nick Redfern uh, uh, wrote a book uh, Final Conflict that uh, there was a uh, uh, an Air Force panel that was brought together to originally research the whole UFO phenomena and as the years went by this panel became more and more convinced that the UFO phenomena was of um, uh, satanic in in origin and that had nothing to do with extraterrestrials and that their final conclusion was that the only way to fight uh, uh, these demonic beings was to turn the country is to get rid of democracy and to turn the country into a uh, extreme uh, Old Testament theocracy, which that that in itself is is extremely frightening, <laughs> you know. Rather than the UFO phenomena, you know, the, the the think that you know that that there could be powerful people, you know, out there in the military and government who are you know thumping to uh, uh, to turn our country into a theocracy in order to protect us from uh, you know devils riding a flying saucer. I mean, that's ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> What's next? Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so how do you so how do you feel about like um, Area Fifty One? Did, did you have a thought on that? It it it, it could very well be. I mean, you know, okay, well, you know, uh, the the whole Area Fifty One meme came about with the idea that there had been you know an extraterrestrial 
craft that had crashed at Roswell, New Mexico in, in 1947, and that the parts had, you know, what was left was uh, originally taken to uh, Wright Field in uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, now Wright-Patterson uh, Air Force Base, and then eventually transferred to, to Area uh, 51, which was a lot more secluded. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have yet to be entirely convinced that anybody has managed to get their hands onto a, 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 a crashed physical flying saucer or UFO. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of really good stories and some some very interesting, uh, 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 you know, evidence. And I'll put quotation marks around evidence. But you know, it's uh, to me. I mean, it's still really, really up in the air on whether or not that that has really happened. Um, I I think more than likely that Area 51, um, because it. it it was becoming more and more apparent that there was a you know a secret base out there in the Nevada desert. I mean, there uh, uh, the the Skylab astronauts had accidentally taken a picture of it, and uh, uh, the, the the photograph accidentally got released by NASA. Uh, you know, gosh, this was way back in the uh, what late like 1970s. And I, I mean, you know, more than likely, the Soviets had already knew about it, you know, from their uh, satellite flyovers. So I think that somewhere along the line, somebody got the bright idea, uh, you know, uh, to to start putting out this this idea through like a whisper campaign that they had uh, they had crashed flying saucers there that were being tested, so that if anybody who lived in the immediate area or, or, or who happened to be out there at one point or another saw anything unusual flying in the sky, you know they'd say, hey look, it's you know it's they're they're testing the uh, 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 flying saucers, and then they'd be laughed at, and that would be it. Then everything else that any other uh, you know, news or reports that came out of there would be ridiculed, and uh, you know that's 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 you know I mean that's that's been used before. I mean that's a great way to cover up the uh, the, the testing of uh, secret black project aircraft is to insinuate that uh, that they're associated with flying saucers and, and and extraterrestrials, and then you know once again that giggle factor comes to play. And then anything else is just basically ignored. Uh, unfortunately, with Area 51, that kind of backfired on them because then you started having, you know, like uh, uh, tour buses uh, going out there to uh, the the road as close as they possibly could, and, and people getting up on the uh, the nearby mountainside with uh, you know these huge uh, uh, cameras with the with lenses trying to take pictures of the base. And uh, so, I mean, I I think that is probably a more likely scenario than than there is, you know, like an uh, you know actually you know, like uh, crashed uh, UFOs and and, and bodies uh, being kept there. I mean, if if the government and the military does have that sort of uh, uh, stuff, they'd be dumb to keep it at that place now. <laughs> you know, there's just there's just way too much publicity, you know, uh, with the place. I mean, they you know they finally had to acknowledge that yeah, there is uh, you know an Area 51. Now, uh, I think that there has probably been and still you know uh, still ongoing 
uh, very exotic technology being uh, tested and flown around out there, you know, stuff that probably uh, uh, looks very closely like uh, UFOs and, and operates uh, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, under a similar capacity. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's very likely. Whether or not uh, uh, this stuff is based on crashed flying saucer technology, you know, I mean, that's that's still that's still up in the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I always say if 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 um, there's people from other you know, other planets, who's to say that they're going to be friendly? Oh, exactly. You know, I just, uh, there's just too many questions uh, about that. I'm just not sure, you know. And, how. Well, you know, I mean, I I do think that um, that there is life, you know, on, on other planets. I mean, you know, the, the universe is extremely huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can't even imagine how huge it is. I mean, and we've already discovered, I mean, within our own galaxy, you know, stars with planets on them. So, I mean, I would be greatly, I mean, I'd be really, really surprised if, uh, if there wasn't uh, intelligent life on other planets. And, you know, I mean, that's... And there could be a good possibility that, that some of the UFO phenomena... Um, is uh, extraterrestrial uh, spacecrafts, but I I think that there's a lot more going on than just extraterrestrial spacecraft. And see, in fact, I would be I would be really disappointed if that's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know. Um, it's funny. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, the old shows from the '60s, My Favorite Martian, and I Dream of Jeannie, and that. As we're talking. Right, right. Well, and once again, see, there's there is that meme that has uh, perpetuated in popular culture for a number of years now, uh, with with that whole idea that uh, that there is extraterrestrial life, and uh, you know, it's like I said. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think most kids and and, and young adults um, are would are very accepting of that idea and would be very surprised uh, to find out. That uh, uh, you know, if uh, like I said, if the, if that announcement was made, that uh, yes, we have discovered you know extraterrestrial life. I mean, I think the idea would be like, uh, did we already know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of relevant to who you are and where you come from. But uh, yeah, it's funny. And so now let's get into this. Uh, as in your um, your 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 new book, uh, America Strange and Supernatural. Um, so what was the inspiration for that? Where did you come from for that to get that up? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, when when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, you know, after after I got interested in in this kind of stuff, you used to be able to go to the uh, uh, the local drugstore and they would have like a, you know like a huge selection of paperback books um that uh, that that weren't all just you know like harlequin romances they actually would have yeah i mean they would actually have uh uh nonfiction books as well and there was always these great books uh you know like by people like uh, Brad Steiger and uh, you know, Warren Smith and they always had these these great covers that uh, uh they would have like maybe four drawings on them 
and they, and they would have titles like uh, 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 the world's uh, greatest ghost stories or uh, supernatural mysteries or tales from the beyond, that sort of thing. And then you know they'd have like illustrations of say like you know uh, Bigfoot or ghosts or things like that. And and these books would be they would be filled. They, you know, they'd be like, you know, more than a dozen chapters, and each chapter would just be, say, like a couple of pages, yeah. uh, with with an individual story. You know, uh, you know uh, about all this stuff. You know, I mean, each book. You know, it, it, depending on you know whether it dealt with uh, ghosts or, or cryptids or, or a little bit of all of the above. You know, I mean, they would they would just have these really almost you know sensational sensationalistic types of uh, of, of stories, firsthand accounts, uh, that sort of thing, and uh, that's that was kind of my inspiration uh, for this this book. I mean, I always wanted to do something along the same lines. It's you know, it's you don't see that kind of. Uh, that kind of stuff anymore. Um, I, you know, I wanted I, I wanted to kind of have fun with it. Um, I wanted to put out some of the the best stories that that I had run across, especially gleaned from my uh, uh, from my conspiracy journal newsletter, uh, which, I, which I put out uh, uh, every week. And uh, uh, the, the the newsletter, I mean, uh, it, it it's made up of um, you know the, the the same kind of stuff. I mean, just you know, news reports from all over the world of just you know whatever whatever interests me. I mean, you know, usually you know ghosts and monsters and uh, you know sometimes unusual science and you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so, I mean, I put a lot of this stuff, you know, into this book. I mean, the the, the book uh, it uh, it has stories about uh, uh, strange things that fall from the sky. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, we we've all heard about uh, you know uh, fish and frogs, especially seem to be the popular ones that that, that uh, uh, fall with the rain a lot of times in some places. Uh, but there's been a, there's been other stuff that uh, that people have seen falling from the sky. You know, in in uh, in, in Kentucky in the 19th century, uh, over a, 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 a pretty wide you know like a, a number of acre area, uh, uh, bits of meat fell from the sky. Uh, you know, uh, chunks and blood and things like that, and uh, it uh, people saw it coming from the sky and they found it like up high in the trees and on top of roofs and draped over fences, and uh, but where did it come from? You know, uh, uh, candy. There was uh, reports in uh, California of candy falling from the sky. Yeah. Oh. Uh, just uh, just on you, uh, rocks. Rocks is a popular one. Not meteorites either. I mean, just uh, a lot of times it looks like just like gravel. Uh, people will see gravel fall from the sky, and uh, nobody knows uh, uh, where it comes from or why. You know, now, with uh, say like the, uh, the the fish and frogs, and uh, especially aquatic uh, uh, life, the it's uh, you know the the scientists acknowledge that yeah, I mean you know. Uh, this 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 phenomena does happen, but they usually say that uh, this stuff was picked up by, say, like a tornado that uh, you know happened to go over a lake and suck all this stuff up, yeah. uh, or, or or a wa- water spout. Uh, the the funny thing about it is is that uh, you know these tornadoes are awfully selective uh, because generally there's uh, the things uh, the, that fall from the sky, uh, fish and frogs. They're usually one species. 
You know, you don't see a mixture of, uh, you know, like uh, of bluegills and carp and catfish or, or, or things like that. It's usually just one species, uh, no mud or plants or anything like that. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd like, specific, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd like to know, uh, you know, how, uh, how these weather, uh, phenomena, uh, can be so selective on, uh, or what they suck up and, and then drop back down again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so specific. What, well, what do you think causing it? Then do you think there's someone actually doing something or some experiment going on or? I don't know, you know, um, it's, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of these things that's just, you know, <laughs> You get, uh, you can only just kind of like shrug your shoulders, and it's uh, it's, our, it's like our favorite th- saying is uh, things that make you go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Charles Fort, who uh, who wrote a number of books uh, uh, back in the early 20th century, you know, like uh, uh, Low uh, uh, titles like that. Um, he he would speculate in these books, and I don't know how much he actually believed this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, uh, but he would offer speculations that you know, like maybe that there were, uh, as he referred to them, as islands in the sky, that uh, that these things were falling from. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's almost like the like there's uh, maybe a a, a, a a hole that opens up in in our reality, you know, uh, and, and this stuff falls through from another, you know, time space or, or or something. But but once again, why is it so? Why is it so selective? Uh, you know, somebody, a, a biologist, one time who was kind of interested in this stuff, he he speculated that possibly that there is um, some kind of like mass teleportation of a species. And that's how, you know, like species are able to uh, get from one place to another on this planet. That just all of a sudden it's almost like a hive mind where, you know, like all of these fish just kind of like get together for some reason and say, you know, like, oh, we're going to go someplace else. And they disappear from one spot and, and appear appear in another. Uh, you know, I mean, that explanation is as good as any as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is odd, though. I mean, I don't know um, if, uh, if, if, if you've ever seen this before. I have. You know, you go and you uh, say like you build a – put it in, say, like a reflective pond in your backyard – and uh, you don't put anything in it. And not too long afterwards, fish are there. Where do they come from? You know, I mean, not usually not big fish. Usually it's just minnows. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I've uh, uh, we put in a small pond in, in our yard one time, and you know, a couple of weeks later there was minnows in there. I mean, and there's no lake or river or creek or anything nearby. And, you know, the general consensus is like, oh, well, you know, like uh, say like birds had caught these and were flying overhead and dropped them. And it's like, wow, really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's. Uh, um, I would love for somebody to really, you know, uh, uh, do an in-depth investigation on, 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 you know, why this happens. But you know, it's it's not going to happen probably in my lifetime. <laughs> no, and it, no. It, doesn't, it doesn't sell TV time, right? So no, no, no. Well, and you know, what scientist is going to, you know, like go to the the university that they work for with this proposal? You know, I want to study why you know, like fish fall from the sky. <laughs> they'd be laughed out, and they'd be you know pushing a broom at mcdonald's the next yeah. day <laughs> <laughs> there you go and and, and so uh, now i love i love the uh, i have to talk about the spontaneous human combustion mm-hmm. yeah that one's a favorite <laughs> everybody yeah. always asked me about that one well that's because that's been uh you know in popular since i can remember there's always some sort of um story about it and someone just uh burning up out of nothing and all that and, and how it's how now what's the connection that you've got between ball lightning and the combustion well there's uh, uh there is some connection uh that that i have found i mean and, and i'm not the only one and, and i can't say that this is the the only explanation for spontaneous human but uh, combustion uh, but there has been some uh, uh, some some interesting research and some interesting stories that have been uncovered associated uh, with the two. Uh, one of the cases happened, in fact, in a in a small town not too far away from from where I lived. I mean, you know, albeit this this was in the uh, late nineteenth century, uh, but uh, it was uh, like a group of people uh, sitting around outside of a house when a, uh, a storm blew through. And they saw a, um, a, a, they referred to it as a, a, a fiery ball come down from the clouds, and it went in uh, the window of this house. And uh, there was there was uh, one man inside the house, and they heard him, you know, like scream. And when they went in there, this guy had been burnt to a crisp. I mean, almost to the point where where um, he was uh, like there was part of him in ashes. And uh, there was from the window, there was like a burn mark uh, on the wood, around the window, across the carpet, and then uh, it went up through through the chimney. Uh, and some of the people who were still outside said that they that they saw this uh, fiery ball emerge from the chimney, and then it disappeared with a loud with a loud bang. So I mean, I think that's a pretty good association that uh, uh, that that this you know the ball lightning phenomena was responsible. Uh, uh, for, you know, for for killing this guy and burning him up, and I should add that uh, you know the, the the human body is not an easy thing to burn. Uh, oh well, I mean, you know, uh, you have you tried? <laughs> uh, no, not, not not personally, but well, okay, I'll give I'll give you an example. You know, uh, with with cremation, uh, the, the uh, a crematorium. Goes at um, it, it goes up to around four thousand degrees in order to 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 burn the human body, and even then, that is not enough to completely uh, reduce the human body to ashes. After the after the the burning is done, the 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 remnants, and there's still quite a few remnants, uh, have to then be uh, they have to be put through like a crusher. To reduce then everything into into a powder, um, but with spontaneous human combustion, 
you find people who have been burnt literally to ashes. Uh, there may be, say, like a foot or a hand remaining because, you know, like the, the person would drop and, you know, their uh, extremities would be, you know, like away from their body. But uh, the, everything else had been burnt completely to ashes, which under, you know, like normal circumstances, say somebody fell asleep in their chair smoking a cigarette, you know, dropped the cigarette on them, and then it slowly, uh, it, 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 it slowly burnt them, you know, over the night. There is not, I don't, I don't care, you know, what some of these people say, you know, uh, there is not enough fuel, no matter how fat a person is, uh, in their body to reduce them to ashes in that short period of time. And as well, uh, one of the strange things about spontaneous human combustion is that the fire seems to be localized with the body. Uh, 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 their clothes may be burned up along with them, but say like if they were sitting in a chair, the chair may be scorched, but it's not burnt. Uh, uh, things around them that would be highly combustible aren't burnt. Uh, maybe some plastic uh, had melted, uh, but but other than that, uh, everything else is is fine. I mean, you would think that if a human body would burn so fiercely that it would be reduced to ashes, it would take down the rest of the house with them. That that never that never happens. Firemen will come in; they'll find uh, you know the 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 person that's just nothing but ashes. And the rest of the house is basically fine. There may be some smoke damage, but that's just about it. Uh, the, there was one case, uh, an elderly man, he used to be a doctor, and they found him in his bathroom, and the, the, the floor underneath him had burnt as well, and what was left of him fell into the basement. Uh, but that was basically it. I mean, everything else in the bathroom, you know, the toilet paper uh, was fine. Nothing else had burnt. It was just the flooring that that uh, that was underneath him that burnt. And I mean, he was uh, uh, he was burnt. I mean, he was just ashes. Uh, I think uh, his foot and his shoe remained, and that was it. That must have been some spicy Mexican food. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, it, it used to be it used to be uh, accepted that it was something along those lines. You know, I mean, yeah, we'll joke about that, but uh, it used to be thought that maybe like uh, uh, indigestion, uh, you know, uh, you know, build up gas, you know, in your body, and so you know, instead of you know uh, burping or, or, or farting, you'd instead uh, uh, cats uh, for some reason start start burning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or if you drank too much, that was that was a popular one. That you know, if if you were an alcoholic, that you know, eventually, you know, your body tissues just uh, uh, end up uh, infused with alcohol over time, and that you know, something would just start you burning like that. <laughs> All right, we're talking about the weird and strange, and our guest tonight, Tim Swartz. We'll be back right after this break. You also have written about the um, kind of other unknown monsters, other than, uh, let's say, Bigfoot and things like that. I, I'd like to get into that. What have you come across? 
Well, I think uh, one of my favorite ones, and this is this is one that I've been asked uh, about quite a bit, is the, uh, the the screaming kangaroos. You know, just that name alone, yeah. you know, gar- garners a lot of interest in in people. But uh, you know, um, all across the United States, there have been some uh, some really fascinating reports of um, creatures that seem to, I mean, they, they superficially resemble kangaroos. I, I, I think that uh, when they're seen, um, that's that's the only thing that most people can go to uh, when, when they see these, is that, well, you know, it, it, it jumped and, and looked somewhat like a kangaroo. Um, but uh, you know, especially, gosh, well, it was like uh, Kentucky and Tennessee in, in the 1930s. There was a, a an outbreak of um, livestock uh, deaths and mutilations on these isolated farms, and uh, the, the 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 farmers. I mean, they would uh, they would hear this thing screaming in the woods, and it wasn't like anything that they had ever heard before. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and I mean, you know, we're talking about people. I mean, they're well aware of their environment. They know the creatures, you know, the coyotes and the uh, bobcats, and you know, maybe even you know, like uh, uh, bears and, and and cougars still at that time. And this was something that they had never run across before. And 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 the way their livestock um, was being killed was unlike you know the the normal predators and, and when they did when people did catch a glimpse of the, this thing i mean it uh, it was about the size of you know like a large kangaroo uh it it jumped like a kangaroo uh but um its its head was larger uh when when they saw it and it 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 did have you know like like arms like a kangaroo but no kangaroo that i ever you know have ever heard of uh, is a uh, um, is a carnivore, uh, or or with a lot of these uh, mutilations, I mean, it's rather than eating the meat, they would uh, they would tear the throats out of say like goats and chickens especially, and then there wouldn't be any blood left. It was almost like vampires, uh, all, sounding all very much like the uh, the the chupacabra reports that came out of Puerto Rico, especially in the uh, the nineteen nineties. But I mean, here we have something that was seen um, all over the Midwest and even as far out as, say, like New Mexico and the Four Points area. Uh, like I said, especially in the, uh, the the 1930s and 40s, and uh, and then we had the, there was a resurgence of uh, what seemed to be just like regular kangaroo sightings in the 1970s up in uh, Wisconsin, uh, Chicago. There's a couple of Chicago policemen who actually. Um, um, uh, saw this kangaroo jumping down the street, and they cornered it in an alley and were trying to grab it, but it started fighting back and, and screaming at him, and uh, in, uh, in in a like a scream that they had never heard before, and it managed to to get away. Um, and, and once again, I mean, there was reports in these areas of uh, uh, unusual livestock deaths, but. Um, Nobody actually, you know, naturally in these kind of situations, nobody. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Actually, uh, uh, sees these things, you know, like uh, killing their livestock. It's kind of like death by association. <laughs> Wow, fun and <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> Any others that really stick out, or is that kind of like the the, the most? Uh... Well, you know, you have you have also um, the the devil monkeys, which uh, has been seen, especially uh, like around uh, 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 West Virginia and uh, a lot of the Appalachian areas, and uh, uh, people report this thing. I mean, it looks a lot like a, uh, like a large baboon type of creature, though, though much bigger. I mean, almost the size of, say, like a, uh, a, a small human being. And, uh, uh, but, but, but something that, I mean, it's, it's very aggressive. I mean, the devil monkey uh, uh, it, it is often seen on rural roads, uh, trying to attack people through their cars, uh, and you know, I mean, you know, every community has stories similar to this. You know, like the the lover lane, lovers lanes monsters, as as uh, uh, we often refer to them. You know, kids will, you know, go out and say that they've uh, they've seen some type of unusual creature, or will you know tell these stories in order to scare scare their girlfriends. You know, in order to get them a little bit, uh, you know, closer to them. <laughs> but a lot of the devil monkey sightings, you know, I mean, you know, they they were seen by um, adults, police, uh, other, you know, 
I mean, people who, I mean, they have no reason to, 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 to spin a tall story. And, and once again, I mean, all the stories are remarkably similar. You know, I mean, they'd, they'd be, uh, driving down the road, uh, say like late at night or early in the morning. And all of a sudden this thing would just, you know, like leap out of the, uh, like out of the forest and, uh, jump onto the car or try to uh, grab the people through their windows or run alongside. That's 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 another popular one with a lot of these unusual cryptids, and then you know, well, you know, and, uh, Bigfoot sightings as well. That these things will run alongside the car. Uh, you know, the people driving the car. I mean, they'll be panicked and trying to go as fast as they can. But these things just keep right up with them, and it'll be like peering into the windows at them. Uh, and one of the things is very similar. With all of these creatures, is that uh, uh, a majority of them have like these large, glowing red eyes, almost like uh, um, uh, bicycle reflectors. You know, I mean, you remember as a as a kid, you used to have those round uh, red bicycle reflectors, and a lot of these creatures have eyes very similar to that. Uh, something that you know you do, you wouldn't think that you would find on a physical creature. Um, I mean, you know, you know, we've seen cats and dogs that you know you you catch them in the headlights of your car, because you know their eyes will reflect back. Uh, but uh, these creatures, the eyes almost seem to uh, shine from within. You know that that you're not seeing a reflection; that their eyes seem to be luminous all their own. Uh, again, something you wouldn't expect to see with a physical creature. Well, they're getting ready to have spontaneous combustion. <laughs> there you go. See, there's the there's the connection. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in write in when you were in writing this book, did you uh, change any of your views or beliefs, or did anything um, come of it that sort of altered the way you think? It, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. You know, I I always I always go into writing these books expecting. To uh, to be surprised along the lines of um, well, obviously these people are you know like are are are, are trying to you know spin a story or you know are are uh, pull a fast one on everyone, uh, but you know I think the one thing that always surprises me is how how similar. These stories are from people who have no prior knowledge that this sort of stuff even exists or happens to other people, and how similar the stories are from different parts of, well, you know, in this case, different parts of the country, but actually uh, different parts of the globe. Uh, I mean, you can go any place in this country or in other countries and find almost exactly the same kind of reports coming out. And, and you know, that that's the one thing I think that always always surprises me because I'm, I'm always expecting to run across something that is just wildly different than any place else. And that generally doesn't happen. The stories are all very, very similar. and And the creatures, while there may be some... Superficial differences, um, 
but the stories always seem to remain the same. Uh, the reports always seem to remain the same. I mean, it's the, it's the same way. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about uh, you know, like the screaming monkeys and the devil, uh, or screaming kangaroos and the devil monkeys. I mean, uh, you go all across this country. Uh, there are some very fascinating stories of uh, big birds uh, uh, being seen. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're all familiar with, you know, eagles and buzzards and vultures and things like that. Uh, but, I mean, people, are, people have seen birds with wingspans of 20 feet. I mean, that's a big bird. Yeah. And, I mean, they're, they're shocked that such a large creature can, can fly and, and get off the ground, first of all. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you go back and you find these, uh, uh uh, these stories uh, stretch back, I mean, quite a ways into history, and they're they're almost the same as what people are are, are seeing today. And, and to me, that's always, I mean, that's just it's it's delightfully surprising. <laughs> yeah, with the day of uh, technology, but with uh, the you know the cell phones, smartphones, iPads, and that, um, do you think we're going to start seeing things captured on? On film, or uh, film—that's a primitive word nowadays—but on uh, <laughs> on phones and and uh, digital medias. Well, I mean, yes, I mean, we we already are are seeing uh, some uh, 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 more and more uh, of of these things being captured on their on their telephones. Uh, you know, uh, the one thing, and I mean, this this is this has gone back. I mean, for. Uh, Ever since you know people have had cameras to begin with, you know the the one thing that happens with a lot of people is that they end up being so surprised at what they're seeing that they don't even think about picking up their their phone to take a picture or their camera to take a picture, and it's only after the fact. And you have to remember that a lot of these uh, situations happen in a matter of seconds, you know, and then it's done. Uh, and 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 a lot of people. I mean, they they're 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 so shocked at what they're seeing that just they don't even think about trying to take a picture. And it's not until afterwards that they're like, "Oh, damn it! You know, I could have taken a picture of that." But um, but we we have. I mean, you know, UFOs especially. I mean, we we've, we've been seeing some really interesting uh, UFO photographs being taken. But but once again, I mean, it it, it doesn't really matter. Um, nobody, nobody is going to believe a picture. I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, well, you know, that's an interesting picture," but you faked it. You know, you photoshopped it, or you know, or it's, you know, something, something happened. It's, it's not real. There, um, uh, I'll give you a good example. There's a, a picture that's going around right now that was taken uh, not too long ago in England. Uh, these twelve-year-old uh, uh, girls were uh, were were touring a castle. And um, one girl used her uh, her iPhone to take a picture of her of her friend walking past this exhibit. Took two pictures, and uh, afterwards, when they were looking at them, there was a picture of what appears to be an extremely tall ghost with with long, almost dreadlock hairs, wearing a uh, it looks like almost like a very dark purple dress. Uh, uh, following, uh, following the one girl, and then the picture taken. I mean, almost just uh, 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 a few seconds afterwards shows nothing. You know, I mean, it's 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 an interesting picture, but uh, it 
it proves it proves nothing you know unfortunately yeah yeah i i was just thinking because of modern times everybody's you know <laughs> carrying the phone around and stuff that they nowadays they're taking pictures and filming and selfies and all that now um i mean the the older days like back in my day before that you didn't really carry your f- camera the same way you do your phone mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why i was thinking it's probably going to be better odds now than back then because uh it's just a different circumstance i think with cameras as it is to cell phones well one thing i will tell you that um you can, and you can look for this yourself. Um, a lot of, I think, uh, very compelling, say, like ghost photographs that are taken, you know, with a camera or with phones, especially. I mean, you know, it's, it's like you said, more people with phones with cameras, and they'll take these selfies and not see anything until afterwards. Um, but you will see, say, like uh, somebody's taking a picture. Of, of a friend and then afterwards there'll be an anomalous image on it and a lot of times it'll be a figure that is almost like right behind the person who's having their picture taken where you'll see just like a portion of their head or body um, but just a small portion, like like they're standing almost right behind the person, like peering to the side or or off, you know, like uh, off to the side of the camera or something like that. But I mean, you know, the the person who's having their pictures taken, their their body almost obscures whatever it is that that then appears uh, in the photograph. You see a lot of those more than you would see, say, like a separate full-figured entity standing off uh, uh, to the side. You know, in, instead, like I said, you'll see this thing. It's, it's almost directly behind uh, the person whose picture is being taken with just a small portion, usually the face, uh, peeking off to the, to the side of the person. And I see so many of, pic- uh, of those sort of pictures that I have to wonder if, if those aren't the more authentic, you know, you know, however you want to define that word, uh, 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 photographs of, of, of something unusual. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know yourself or, or those listening in the audience, you know, go on to Google and, uh, you know, look up ghost photographs and try to find uh, images like that, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, you don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, near the end of your book, there, of course, we, I want to talk. I love the prophecies. Um, kind of, what prophecy? What do you think's in store for the for the U.S. or for the rest of the world now? Oh wow! Uh, yeah. There's uh, yeah, there's uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's been some uh, 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 very interesting uh, uh, predictions that uh, have been made well it's you know prophecies of countries i think is almost as popular as say like religious prophecies uh you know that you would uh, read from the bible or or, or 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 things like that and uh, uh you know uh, one of the things and this is not this is almost like a a, a prophecy uh, fulfilled but uh, I, I ran across a, uh, 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 a story that uh, a Brazilian writer 
1926 wrote, and uh, the the rough translation is is called uh, The Black President, subtitled The American Roman. And it was published in Brazil, but never in the United States. And it details a future election where um, uh, a character named Jane looks into a machine called a futuroscope. And she sees a future where an African-American man uh, will be elected president. And uh, just the, the things that this person wrote in this book, I mean, they're just you know very eerily similar uh, to what actually happened with the uh, with, with President Obama being elected. Uh, you know, in the book, uh, two Democrats, a black man and a white woman, uh, would be running for election uh, against a white Republican man, and that the final winner would be a black president. And uh, you know some of the facts were uh, were were really close. Besides that, uh, uh, the uh, um, let's see, what, what was it? It was uh, the difference was that I guess in the novel the the year was like twenty two twenty eight when it actually happened. The year two thousand and eight. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, um, some of the other things, uh, the population of the United States, you know, the amount of people uh, voting, uh, that sort of thing. I mean, that 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 was really interesting. Uh, uh, but you know, you you also have stories, say like uh, um, I, I put in there the uh, the, the Hopi Indian uh, prophecies, and uh, uh, you know the the Hopis, they also. In the 1970s, they talked an awful lot about the the UFO phenomena and that how some of their leaders were in communication with the uh, the the entities that were flying the UFOs and had received a number of uh, of interesting uh, uh, predictions that at that time came true. Uh, but uh, uh, like a lot of people who um, um, who, who claim to have had contact uh, with UFOs and the and their occupants who were given prophecies, the initial prophecies and predictions come true. But then, as they become more and more public um, about their predictions, then the predictions stop coming stop coming true, and they're basically discredited. So now uh, the, the the Hopis uh, said that um, you know in, in in their prophecies that the United States will be destroyed by atomic bombs and radioactivity, and that only the Hopis and their homeland will be preserved as an oasis in which the refugees uh, will be able to flee to. And they say that it's the materialistic people who seek to make, make shelters. And that those who um, have peace in their hearts, um, that will be their their shelter for you know the coming uh, cataclysm. And that they they said that the World War Three would be started by the people who uh, first received the light: China, Russia, Palestine, India, and Africa. And that uh, when the war finally comes to the United States, that the U.S. will be destroyed by, as they put it, gourds of ashes which will fall to the ground, boiling the rivers and burning the earth, where no grass will grow for many years and causing disease that no medicine can cure. So, nice, nice, happy 
predictions there. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, uh, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, when it comes to these kinds of uh, uh, predictions, I mean, they're all, they all tend to be uh, uh, fairly um, gruesome, <laughs> to, to, to put it. Uh, there was a, a woman named Gail Smith who uh, she she's predicted that the United States uh, will be attacked uh, by uh, Russia for, uh, that will invade the East Coast and uh, China will invade the uh, West Coast and that the invasion will include uh, missile attacks. Um, she said that this will occur uh, probably during a holiday, say like uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and then, uh, uh, to top it off, then there, this will be uh, uh, accompanied by a long-lasting uh, earthquake that will break uh, uh, dams and uh, uh, cause rivers to flow in all kinds of uh, different directions, and that uh, there will be two more major quakes that not only will affect the United States, but will shake the entire planet. And uh, and it won't be just the United States that will suffer from that, but... Uh, you know the, the the entire entire world, kind of insinuating that uh, you know this will be this will be God's punishment uh, for the for the planet for in invading the United States, and uh, you know that's 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 one of the things that uh, um, uh, that's included quite a bit in this section of the book is the idea, especially from some of our earlier leaders like uh, like George Washington, that. The you know that that it was uh, predestined, you know, possibly you know God's will that the United States uh, uh, be formed, that we were almost like uh, you know like the chosen people of uh, uh, of the planet, and that it would be uh, the United States' mission to uh, to bring you know democracy and, and peace to the rest of the world, um, but that. The rest of the world wouldn't be, you know, like uh, uh, very accepting of this for for quite a long period, and that uh, that our country will will suffer its own, you know, like uh, tribulations uh, because of this. But that ultimately, um, ultimately, you know, peace will prevail, uh, and uh, and that you know the. The rest of the world will will, will will follow, you know, kind of like uh, the, the the same direction that the United States is going, um, uh, and and I think that's uh, that's that's one of the more encouraging aspects of, of of some of these other predictions is that you know the United States uh, may not be may not be perfect, and that. You know, we've we've made our mistakes and we'll make our mistakes, you know, in in the future, but that ultimately, you know, uh, we're heading in the right direction. That it's it's our destiny, uh, both this country and the world, to uh, to 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 live in a time of of of, of peace and uh, you know, and that uh, it, it it'll become almost uh, old fashioned. Uh, for the, the the senseless violence, especially that you know, especially what we're seeing today uh, across so many uh, different countries, uh, that that it, you know, that will get past that, you know, that it, it it'll be considered uh, uh, almost uh, almost like how we consider uh, uh, um, racism. 
uh, today to be distasteful. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, we look a lot at the older generations. I mean, who were brought up, uh, 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 you know, thinking that uh, they they were superior over minority groups, and and I, and I think that the prevailing concept in this last section of the book is that there will be a time on this planet when um, when violence and warfare will be considered just as distasteful, and that the United States will be the uh, lantern bearer, so to speak, of this uh, this idea for the rest of the planet. Well, that's hopeful. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a little cynical. I don't know, but we can all hope. You know. Yeah, um, you know, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, I mean, we, especially right now, when we, when we see, you know, so much. You know, evil and bloodshed and, and, you know, uh, especially, you know, like religions, you know, fighting religions and, you know, uh, people killing each other, uh, just because they live in this place or their skin is a different color or their, you know, they, uh, they, their religion is, is, is different. And, you know, and, and, and I think that, uh, you know, I, th- think it's a hopeful idea that that we can get past all of this at some point that we can all develop as a species to you know to to accept the idea that that you know really i mean we're we're all the same uh there that 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 the differences that we are fighting over now are are so superficial as just to be silly you know and and i and i do think that uh that that will come to that time, you know. I mean, it may it may not be soon, and you know, there 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 will more than likely, you know, be be a lot more unfortunately bloodshed. But I think that ultimately down the road that uh, that we will we will hit that mark. Well, I I would hope so. I mean, you know, I see it getting a, a better in some respects for sure, but also the violence getting more extreme. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh it, it it's more, you know, you know, back, you know, a few decades ago, we had to more worry more about um uh, uh country versus country warfare. And and that has that has great really greatly diminished. And now instead we're seeing more like uh, like factional fighting. You know, unfortunately though, you know, with uh, uh, you know, like social media and the almost instantaneous communication that we have across this planet, it's it's a lot more easier for these these smaller groups uh, uh, to uh, to recruit members and and incite uh, violence. And, you know, especially um, especially with people who feel like that they are disenfranchised within their society. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that we'll probably see uh, uh, more of that as time goes by rather than the, you know, like uh, larger countries in, in invading smaller countries or, you know, the larger countries uh, uh, having it, you know, like an, an all-out, say, like a, a, a atomic battle. You know, I think instead we're going to see more and more of these, you know, like smaller groups, uh, um, you know, inciting violence and uh, and unfortunately, that's going to be a lot more difficult 
to, uh, to 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 fight against, rather than say you know like say like World War Two, where uh, you know you all you had to do, all you had to do <laughs> all you had all you had to do is subdue a country and you know get rid of their get rid of their leaders. You know, and and start again, and instead, you know, I mean, you you have these you know these smaller you know terrorist groups that uh, you know it's 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 going to be a lot more difficult uh, to uh, uh, to put a rein into uh, you know a situation like that. Yeah, you know, it's, it, hard, it's hard to pinpoint. It really is. Yeah. yeah. What about your own experiences in the paranormal? What have you had personally that has influenced you to write? in any of these books, something like the real ghosts and restless spirits, haunted mm. places and things like that. Um, is there something that uh, really um, you can talk about personally? Well, sure. Yeah, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about my own personal experiences. Um, you know, it, it's, it's rather funny because a lot of people, Will ask me since uh, you know uh, since I've written quite a bit you know say like about the, the UFO phenomena you know like what kind of UFO experiences that I've had and, and I've had uh, basically none. <laughs> no probing. Uh, nope, nope, nothing. Well, not by UFOs at least. No. But. <laughs> well, there's, there's hope still. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, you know, I, I the only thing that I have ever seen that 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 could even remotely come close to a UFO sighting is that I saw one night, uh, you know, putting the dog out, I saw a, uh, a very bright red light up in the sky that just seemed to hang there. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very well familiar with, with all of, you know, like uh, airplane landing lights and everything like that. And this was just, it looked almost like a, like a red traffic light. You know, a very bright red traffic light just hanging in the in the sky, and then it just and then it just blinked out. So I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, um, I can't. It was it was unidentified to me, but whether or not it was a you know uh, anything unusual, it was a, a red light in the sky, and that's about all I can all I can say about it. But now, when it comes to um, Paranormal experiences. I've I've had uh, I've had a number of um, unusual experiences. Some of them rather small, and and others um, um, not so much. Uh, I I think that the the one that had the most influence on me, and I've I've talked and written about this one quite a bit, was uh, uh, back in the uh, 1980s. I I used to work for a television station in in Dayton, Ohio, and at the time there was a poltergeist case that was going on in Columbus, Ohio, and it was getting a lot of uh, of, of of national uh, 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 attention at the time, and, and in fact, uh, uh, myself and, and a reporter had had gone to that house to, uh, uh, to 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 do a story. Well, we got um, we got a tip uh, from uh, people who lived in a uh, who, who lived in Springfield, Ohio, which is just uh, a little bit north of Dayton, that uh, that these people were having a, 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 a poltergeist activity as well, but they 
they weren't interested. I mean, they didn't want any publicity or anything like like that. Uh, so I contacted them, and you know, and I and I told them I was interested in this kind of stuff, and uh, and, and that I would I would be willing to to come to their house and talk to them. But you know, I, I wasn't going to go out there and you know like do a news story on it or anything like that. I asked him. I said, you know, can I uh, can I bring my television equipment with me and you know try to take some pictures and, and all that? And and they agreed as long as, like I said, you know, I, I didn't put it put it on the news. Now this was an elderly couple, and they had recently uh, been forced to um, um, adopt's not the right word, but uh, they they had brought in their grandchildren to to live with them. Unfortunately, both of their parents. Um, had been put in jail. So rather than uh, uh, putting these children into the system and into foster home, these uh, the, the grandparents agreed to to bring the the boy and the girl, um, you know, into the house with them. The girl was about uh, twelve, and the boy was ten. I think is what it, what it was. And shortly there, after these kids had come to live in the house, uh, they started experiencing. You know, like I just like uh, the, the typical poltergeist activity. I mean, uh, furniture is moving around. Uh, there was like strange uh, knocks and raps on the walls. Uh, 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 stuff would move from one place to the other, or, or, or just you know, or, or just disappear. And and, uh, and naturally, I mean, you know, this this couple. I mean, they they were pretty they were pretty worried about it. So I went out there, and like I said, I. I Took my television equipment with me, uh, which was uh, you know a field camera and, and a recorder. And this was this was in the days when you know we used uh, three quarter inch uh, uh, tapes, uh, which you know, was a pretty pretty big uh, uh, pretty big cassette tape basically that uh, uh, that went into a uh, a deck that you wore. You know, it it, it, uh, it it hung off of one shoulder, and then your camera. Uh, uh, you know, was on your other shoulder. It was connected with the cable, and, and and both the camera and the deck had their own separate batteries. And then you had a uh, a belt pack of batteries that would run uh, a light that was attached to the top of the camera. And everything was was fully charged before I left. And I hadn't been in that house more than a couple of minutes when everything was dead. Every battery. Uh, the recorder battery, the camera battery, and the uh, the light battery. Everything was dead. Now we're talking about uh, these were uh, NiCad batteries, nickel cad cadmium batteries, and it took you know a couple of hours to charge them, and they would last quite a while running this equipment, uh, and they were dead in just a matter of uh, of a few minutes. Which, you know that was the first thing that was really surprising. So when I was, we were all sitting in the living room talking, and this is, this is a small, small ranch uh, house uh, just out, out in the country and surrounded by uh, cornfields, and the kids were in uh, their bedroom, which I could see them uh, from the hallway uh, from where I was seated. And all of a sudden, we heard a, a sound. It almost sounded like, uh, like almost like a small Boom! Um, it's hard to describe. Like like uh, like maybe something had dropped onto the roof outside, and and then from the middle of the ceiling, 
these rocks started to appear and fall to the floor. And they were small white rocks, like uh, like driveway rocks, and, you know, may, you know, maybe about uh, uh, an inch, you know, in width, uh, uh, probably limestone. And they would just they would just appear, just like maybe an inch or so, underneath the uh, underneath the ceiling and drop to the floor. And I was just sitting. I was sitting right there watching. We all were. I mean, and this was a situation where you know we talked earlier about uh, 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 taking pictures of uh, something unusual happening to them. You know, if I had any equipment that was working at the time, I don't know if I would have uh, thought about getting that stuff going because I was so fascinating about what was going on. And maybe five or six of these rocks just appeared and uh, dropped to the floor. And um, and then it stopped. So, I mean, I, I got up off the couch and walked over and scooped these rocks up. They were a little warm to the touch, but, I mean, they didn't appear to be any different than anything, you know, any other rock that you'd find out in the driveway. Well, I remembered there was a story by the, uh, the late writer, investigator, uh, Ivan T. Sanderson, where he had, uh, he, he saw, he experienced a very similar situation, except, uh, these rocks were being thrown at him, uh, in the night. Uh, so I took a magic marker and I marked these rocks with an X. And I went to the back door and they had a small backyard with a, uh, a, a cornfield, uh, in the back. And so I took these rocks and I chucked them all into this cornfield. Came back in and sat down, and I hadn't been seated more, you know, less than a minute. And all of a sudden, these rocks appeared at the ceiling again, dropped to the floor, and they were the very same rocks that I had thrown out into the cornfield. Wow. How, the, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, how, how do you explain that? Like, how, like when that happened... What were your thoughts? Like, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird question, but it's, no, no, it's not. It's not. Well, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what my thought was, and I, you know, and I and I, I'm not I'm not going to say this, you know, over the radio. <laughs> but my thought was, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought, and I mean, I was okay. I was actually kind of gleeful. I was I was excited. I mean, here I was seeing something that I had only read about. And I was just like, I mean, it was just it it, it it's really hard hard to describe, but I mean, it was it was exciting and and a little bit scary, but more exciting than anything. I mean, it uh, it, it wasn't a situation where I was just like you know, ah, ghost run, and you know, then you know, run out of the house and never go back. Instead, it was just more of a of a you know, just like did I just see what I think I saw type of situation, and uh, and that's how I felt. Well, but but then see. Um, uh, the next thing that I did was, and, and remember now, I could see everybody that was in the house uh, from my viewpoint. So, I mean, it wasn't like these kids had somehow snuck up into the attic and had found a hole in the ceiling and were dropping these rocks down. And, in fact, I went up into the attic uh, immediately afterwards to, to check it out. And, and I mean, it wasn't a finished attic. It, uh, um, uh, it, 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 it was full of uh, insulation. And it would have been, I mean, there's nobody up there. And uh, so, I mean, I have no idea, you know, if how anybody could have gotten 
to that area because the only entranceway um, from the attic was from a door in the ceiling in the garage, and you would have had to have walked quite a distance uh, because it was clear across the house in order to get to that point. Like I said, it was full of insulation, and you could not tell um, where the joists were. Uh, to get to that location, and and nor was there any hole in the ceiling as well that I could see. Uh, so I mean, it was just I mean, it was it, it was it was just one of these one of these situations that you know while it was happening, I mean, I was I was dumbfounded, but I was just extremely excited that I was actually seeing this. And you know, the the odd thing about it was is that after that incident. You know, because you know, I kept in contact with you know with the with these people. After that incident, the uh, um, the activity basically went away. Uh, there were there was a few more uh, uh, situations. You know, mostly uh, knocks on the wall. Uh, you know, like you know, raps. You know, uh, no, weird noises and things like that. But it was like that the energy had been used up. Uh, uh, Doing this situation, and 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 then that was it. You know, nothing ever, uh, as far as I know, nothing ever happened uh, again at that place. Do you, do you think there's a message in this, or there's something that you you took from from this happening? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I, you know, when it comes to especially poltergeist activity uh it, it it almost seems like the message is pay attention to me um uh, when i when i've researched other and and you, and you have to realize that there is a difference between say like poltergeist activity and say like a haunting um hauntings generally people will see like an apparition you know it'll it'll, it'll like appear in the bedroom or you know or, or or walk down the stairs or something like that uh, uh poltergeist activity is is uh, uh um it, it it's very active <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's uh, always stuff going on, uh, 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 knocks on the wall, furniture being moved, stuff disappearing, uh, uh, um, uh, very much a situation where it seems to be looking to be noticed. And, uh, and, and I think that was, uh, that was what was going on here, that this was something that was wanting to be noticed. And once we noticed it, then that was it. It was like, okay, I'm done. And it, it, it slowly went away. Uh, now, you, you have to remember that um, uh, some of the theories regarding poltergeist activity is that somehow it involves... Uh, somebody living in the house, whether it be you know like a teenager or a child or an adult that is unhappy, uh, and that somehow this unhappiness um, manifests itself through uh, some form of telekinetic activity, almost like they have a split personality, and that this personality gains a life of its own and is able to manifest itself uh, uh, through physical means uh, but 
but using some kind of uh, um, uh, you know abilities uh, that that we don't quite understand yet, and and and, and one of these abilities seems to be uh, teleportation. Uh, so you know that uh, you know, it, it could very well be that you know one of the kids or even one of the you know one of the adults in this house was uh, unhappy with the situation, and, and who could blame them? I mean, it was an extremely sad situation, you know, with their both their parents being uh, put into jail, and and then these elderly people having to take in uh, their grandchildren. I mean, you know, this 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 could this would create all kinds of un- unhappiness. And I mean that—that that does seem to be one of the uh, the, the traditional uh, um, um, starting points for this kind of phenomena. Right. Yeah. How do you, now? How do you feel? Um, uh, just a little research on that on 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 the time travel of you know, uh, and and how it's becoming a little bit more common mm-hmm. in in science. Um, so what's what's happened uh, to change his attitude? Do you think? Well, I think that um, uh, I, I think that we have uh, more of a uh, uh, well. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say more of a better understanding of, of of quantum physics, but you know that's 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 really not the case because I mean they're. Uh, there hasn't really been much new in physics since, uh, you know, like the 1930s. Um, I, I think, I think that you just you, you have an idea with physicists that um, that they've become a little bit more open uh, uh, to all kinds of different uh, concepts that seem to be associated with uh, with quantum physics. Uh, and, and, and a lot more, uh, a lot more of these uh, physicists are are willing to uh, write papers uh, about some of these ideas that that at one time seemed to be, you know, just just wild and 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 almost in the realm of of, of science fiction. Uh, I mean, not only not only time travel, uh, but the idea that. Uh, you know that our universe is not the only universe. That that there may be you know like a, 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 almost an infinite number of universes. But on top of that, not only would there be other universes, but that there could be parallel realities within our own universe. And as more and more uh, research is being done on uh, uh, these uh, uh, these principles of quantum physics, I think uh, more and more uh, uh, physicists are starting to be accepting that uh, that this kind of uh, stuff is possible. And of course, you also have you know like the uh, the, the Rolling Stone effect here, where you have one prominent scientist who. Uh, Acknowledges that uh, that this stuff could be possible, and then everybody else, you know, feels a little bit more comfortable, you know, uh, admitting that they too have been uh, uh, doing this sort of research, you know, along the, you know, along these lines. Uh, you know, back to time travel. I mean, you know, at it wasn't that long ago that. Um, most uh, scientists and physicists, I mean, they they wouldn't even try to tackle uh, uh, what time is. Uh, you know, I mean, you had uh, some of Einstein's uh, theories, 
you know, with uh, uh, you know, in his uh, 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 theory of. Uh, of general relativity, uh, but other than that, um, everybody else, if you would ask them what time was, they would say, you know, don't ask me, go ask a philosopher. You know, I mean, you know, the, the concept of time was seemed to be more of an idea uh, uh, within philosophy than than something that uh, uh, that could be scientifically tackled. And I think uh, uh, nowadays. Uh, especially as we're beginning to understand more and more um, how how the universe works, uh, the, 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 and with the study of uh, of, of subatomic uh, atomic particles and uh, some of the bizarre nature that they exhibit, uh, I, I I think more and more are getting comfortable. With accepting the idea that uh, that time is actually something that, that that we can study, and with that, the possibility that uh, uh, that time travel, at least uh, into the future, uh, is possible. You know, and uh, most uh, you know uh, most of them are saying you know now that yeah you know I mean the time travel into the future you know, could be possible, but not the past. <laughs> that that seems to be the cabot there. Yeah, yeah. Future, yes. Past, no. <laughs> well, why not the past? Like, what? You can't go back. So, if you go in the future, can you come back then? And well, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's it. Well, you know, uh, it, it you know it 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 could be just a, a matter of uh, that their minds just haven't quite got there yet about uh, about the ability to going into the past i mean you know you have to consider that it's you know it's 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 quite a jump to accept the fact that you know that that possibly time travel to the future is possible and that uh, you know maybe you know in a couple of decades or so then you know then they'll start saying oh well you know we're seeing we're seeing evidence that going into the past is is possible and you know and we're starting to see that now uh, because there has been some really fascinating research done using subatomic particles that seem to indicate that the future uh, can influence the past. That uh, uh, and and uh, you know I can't I I can't even begin to tell you <laughs> the science involved here, uh, but uh, but but some of the research seems to show at least on the subatomic level. Uh, you know that 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 subatomic particles have the ability, when influenced in the proper way, uh, to actually uh, travel into the past. Uh, you know, uh, not not far so far. You know, a couple of seconds. You know, or or or, or less, but at least on a subatomic level. Uh, it is. It, it does seem to be possible if the research is being done properly, and you know, and that's that's the caveat there. You know that you know if 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 they are doing things the way uh, properly, and that the results that they are getting are being interpreted uh, uh, correctly, this seems to be the case. Um, but then again, now you know you have people. Who uh, who say that uh, you know that that we already have uh, have time travel that this was something that uh, was discovered uh, uh, say as far back as the uh, the late 1940s 
or, or actually in the middle 1940s, and that by the uh, the 1960s we had uh, we had working time machines, and that we were sending people uh, uh, not only you know into the past but into the future, and uh, and also teleporting them to uh, the moon and Mars and and God knows where else. Yeah, do you really think there's any credibility to that, or <sighs> probably <Yeah>. not? <laughs> probably not. Now you know. Uh, uh, Okay, now, I, now I'll say this. Now, you know, I mean, I I have not I have not seen, you know, I have not seen these time machines. I have not seen any time travelers. So, I mean, I can't go and say that no, it's just absolutely impossible. And you know, I'm I'm never going to be the guy who you know who 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 says that 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 no, it's just absolutely you know impossible. I don't believe it, you know because. I mean, I like to keep an open mind. Uh, you know, the rational part of me, you know, says no, probably not. But then again, you know, who knows? I mean, there. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing. There, there there's one gentleman, and I'm not going to say his name, but I mean, he he's talked quite a bit about uh, his involvement in supposedly one of these uh, government time travel uh, projects since he was a kid. And he appeared on uh, one of these uh, uh, television shows, and he talked about how him and his dad, uh, uh, one of these laboratories that they worked out of, there was like a, uh, a, a house that was nearby that they stayed in. And uh, uh, he took the film crew to this location, and they were standing around outside of this house. You know, and uh, talking, uh, filming, and then the people who you know lived in the house came out, and they're like, you know, what the hell are you doing in my yard? Uh, and he, uh, they started talking to them, and uh, they had lit. They hadn't lived in the house when this guy said that uh, they had been staying there. You know, like as a as a halfway house, but they had moved in. You know, like shortly thereafter. And he described the interior of the house, how it used to be, uh, where where things were located, how the rooms were set up, and things like that. And the people they they were like, yeah, this is how, that was how the house looked before we re, before we uh, renovated it. Right. It looked absolutely like that. So I don't know. You know, I mean, this this guy, I mean, obviously had some kind, uh, him and his father had some kind of connection. His father definitely uh, uh, worked for the government and for, uh, you know, like uh, a black project uh, stuff. I mean, that, that has been acknowledged, whether or not it was, as he was saying, you know, like uh, uh, time travel and teleportation. But obviously he had been in this house when he was a kid, so... You know, who knows? <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, maybe, that's right. Maybe a UFO is a time machine. Well, you know, um, I, that's that's one of the things that uh, uh, that I like to speculate on. Uh, you know, that uh, uh, because some of the some aspects of the UFO phenomena do seem almost like uh, uh, time travel. Uh, some of the contacts that people have had uh, with the uh, occupants that uh, that come out of uh, UFOs, uh, rather than acting like um, extraterrestrials, they almost act like uh, uh, 
people from the future, like time travelers. They're, uh, they, they'll tell these witnesses, uh, things that's going to happen to them in their, in the future. Where they're going to live in the future, what's going to happen to loved ones, uh, jobs that they're going to have, things along those lines. You know, stuff that you wouldn't think that an extraterrestrial would know or even care about. You know, yet here these things, you know, here, the, here these people coming out of these flying saucers seem to have almost an intimate knowledge of, um, of what's going to happen to these witnesses, you know, in, in the future. So I mean, you know, it. Uh, if if you think about it, I mean, what uh, what a great way, though, if you if you were from a future era that developed time machines, and you wanted to go into the past without influencing it directly, but you knew that you know that you know it was going to be hard not to be seen. And you also knew from history that people were seeing unidentified flying objects and, you know, what, what were reported to be extraterrestrials. Well, why not disguise yourself as that? You know, why not, you know, if you did go back and you ran into somebody, you'd say, yeah, you know, we're from um, Zeta Reticuli and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, that, you know, and we're, we're space brothers here to, you know, to, to save you from yourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's uh, the, I saw a cartoon not too long ago that uh, that said that the the reason that the Titanic sank was because it was overloaded with all the time travelers who had come back to see why the Titanic sank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it all, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's about time that we uh, kind of wrap it up here. Um, it's certainly been real pleasant to talk to, and uh, I hope we can do it again soon. Oh, well, thank you. And um, so would you like to get about, do you have any uh, things coming up? Are you doing any book signings or doing any talks or going to any events or anything that uh, people can come see you at? Or Well, um, uh, I, I always, I mean, I always want to uh, mention my, uh, my website. I mean, I, I share it with uh, a Timothy Green Beckley uh, of, of Global Communications. Uh, he's my uh, he's my publisher, and it's uh, conspiracyjournal.com. And uh, you know, I'd mentioned this earlier in the show. I mean, I put out a a, a free weekly uh, uh, newsletter uh, with the same title, and it's uh, you just you go to the website, you sign up for it, and it's it's absolutely free. It'll come to your uh, to your email box every week, and it's just uh, I have stringers all over this world that uh, send me these great stories and then i have to uh, weed through all of them to you know uh, uh get about 7 or 8 of them uh to put in each each newsletter but it's just you know like all the uh, strange and weird news that they don't want you to know <laughs> uh, but also i mean i'm i'm currently working on a book with uh, uh tim beckley and sean castile called ufo repeaters and uh, it's it's about a number of, uh, of different people uh, throughout uh, throughout the ages who have had multiple uh, uh, UFO uh, experiences, 
and uh, just uh, uh, you know why why these particular people have these experiences, what it does to them uh, throughout their lives, you know the the, the, the changes in personality, uh, how it affects their their home life, that sort of thing. So I mean that's we expect that to be finished in a couple of months or so, and uh, like all of our books, uh, you'll be able to find that on uh, Amazon.com. Fantastic. Well, I've really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully we can do it again real soon. Well, thank you very much. I had a great time, and I hope your uh, listeners enjoyed it as well. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.